it only took us a day and a half to get that whole thing up in the speed frame. You know, we put that whole speed frame up and had it ready for the modules by the end of that first day. So it only took three, three and a half hours to get that whole speed frame up and nice and cinched up. Hello, and welcome to the Dactronics Experience Podcast. I'm Justin Oxner here with Matt Anderson. Today, we're joined by Kyle Kempf, CTSI Director of Commercial Audio Video for ImageNet Consulting. He shares all about ImageNet, how they started working with Dactronics, a recent install in Texas, and much more. We're here today with Kyle. Kyle, how are you doing? Great. Glad to be here. How are you guys? Good. I'm here with Matt Anderson, of course. I'm doing good. Thanks. Even though you didn't ask, but thanks, yeah. Justin. I mean, how are you doing, Matt? <laughs> I'm good. Um, so, Kyle, you, you work for ImageNet Consulting. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and your position with ImageNet? Yeah, sure. Uh, so, I've been in the AV world for around close to 15 years here, beginning in the church world. So, I was kind of a tinker, techie type guy, part worship leader um, back when basically the digital transformation happened uh, in the industry. So, it's an interesting time to learn. Uh, we moved up to Illinois in the middle of that time frame. And I went from kind of worship leader to helping the technical uh, aspects of all the different campuses we had. We had 12 campuses, and then I went into post-production audio and then the multi-site broadcast and production director. So that was a busy season of life. My wife is actually creative director at that time, and we just had a lot of hours, lots of opportunities, um, lots of different ways to integrate things, and it eventually kind of led to this position down here in Tulsa with ImageNet in the AV world of a multi-offering company. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about ImageNet and kind of how that company got started? Yeah. ImageNet is a family-owned and operated business here in Oklahoma with headquarters here. Uh, began in 1956, believe it or not, servicing typewriters in the back of our founder's garage. So now we kind of consider our, ourselves a business technologies company. So we offer anything that, you know, is technology in the office space, the, the local, uh, you know, printer, managed IT services, maybe some electronic content, paperless workflows, or uh, display AV. So we kind of, you know, went paperless as a company 17 years ago, and that, that kicked us into the diversify mode where we, you know, instead of doing something that's going to go away and print, we started adding things that might help diversify as technology continues into that next step. So paperless workflows and managed IT services and AV were all kind of a natural uh, part of that. And we began doing AV about eight years ago as a company and we've kind of refined it, added some more things to it. Now we're a full-blown design build, uh, integrate all the way to the end company. Nice. And I mean, you mentioned, you know, garage, it's always the, the, the business beginnings or yeah. everything <laughs> always seems to start in a garage even, but, uh, um, so how did, how did that kind of, um, did you hear about ImageNet then? Cause you talked about, you know, you're up in Illinois, you were the creative director for that house worship, and then you're down in Oklahoma now, kind of like, I'm not, just trying to think of like connecting the dots. What made you hear about them? And then how did it start? Sure. So my wife and I grew up, um, just North of here in, in Bartlesville, Oklahoma. Um, and then we moved up to Illinois to do the church thing. And when we decided to move back, we decided to move back. Uh, to Tulsa to be near family, but not too close, if you know what I mean. So yeah, we, yeah. we were in Tulsa, and uh, we had a uh, mutual, I had a mutual connection. I was working with an integrator that actually kind of taught me the, all the sound and tech stuff back when I was in high school. Uh, he had some positions open to his commercial integrator, so I jumped in with them, 
service technician, kind of almost pseudo project manager-ish. And then through a mutual connection from that company is how I heard about ImageNet because I didn't know who in the world ImageNet Consulting was at that time. So that that's what kind of connected the dots for me. Okay. And, and how long had you been with ImageNet again? I've been at ImageNet almost two years. So I started at the end of November, beginning of December 2020 on the heels of the pandemic. <laughs> okay. Right. Always an interesting time. So you, you've been there a couple of years then. How did you hear about Dactronics or had you heard about Dactronics before going to ImageNet? Yeah, I'd heard about Dactronics a lot in the years past, uh, just with the sports world and jumbotrons. I was always into the big, you know, LED things. I would look up information on them. And mm-hmm. then when I moved back from Illinois, uh, to the integrator here in Tulsa, they did a lot of work with the casinos in the area and oh, okay. the casinos were really great about using Dactronics. So I kind of got to learn a little bit more about them just being on the other side of the projects while the LED was going up. Maybe we were doing the AV or the lighting on the building. And then, you know, we hit, we hit the pandemic. So we were starting to do a lot of LED at ImageNet and we started hitting a little bit of supply chain you know, maybe some quality assurance type issues. And I was just trying to search for, you know, I wanted kind of a standard moving forward. And I just was looking through all the companies that I knew because I've worked with a lot of them. And I was just parsing through Dactronics website and it said something about narrow pixel pitch. And I thought, you know, they'd only done maybe six millimeter outdoor. You know, why would they have a narrow line? I looked and lo and behold, you guys went all the way down to 0.7 millimeter at the time. And so I immediately put in my inquiry, and within a day, I got connected to our current account manager, uh, Mr. Quinn Rice, and it's kind of been off to the races since then. Nice. I mean, Justin and I are both in marketing, so this is an awesome story that you ended up finding out about us, learning more about us from the website. And then did you just do a, a form on the website then? Is that kind of how you reached out? Yeah, there was a either a dealer contact form or a mm-hmm. vendor contact form, and I really wish I remembered how I got on the Dactronic site to even see what I was seeing, but I think it was just the, you know, the companies that you remember from the past trying to get more information on them. Sure. Uh, just kind of that research style. Yeah, no, definitely. And I'm, I'm even thinking, um, so then you're, you're doing research and you're looking into LED technology. When you were in your previous job at the House of Worship, did you deal much with LED at all? Or was that kind of, uh, I'd say projectors mainly, or had you known much about the technology prior? Yeah, we were a... It was a really interesting time for us because we had a decent uh, amount of scrappiness to what we were doing. So there was not a lot of budget. We were in a we were a mega church in kind of a rural area, so we never even could come close to touching the LED side of things. It was all just a pipe dream at that point. Or if we went to a big conference or something, we would start seeing LED. So the most of the LED transition for me in terms of technical knowledge and, and just learning more about the different vendors and what they brought to the table came from, you know, 2018 when I moved and started with that commercial integrator in Tulsa, started learning about all the different brands and types and technology and that sort of thing, because it became something that was actually more uh, conducive to my day to day. Okay. So you, you, you knew Dactronics, you did the research, you found out that we were in the pixel pitch range that of what you were looking for. Um, maybe just kind of walk through the next steps then. Cause I know I'm not gonna do a spoiler alert, but I know that you end up coming up here to Brookings, South Dakota, but can you maybe just, you know, how did that end up growing from that, that initial outreach that you did? Yeah. So we, you know, we live in a sub two millimeter world. So on our side, we're looking at high impact spaces, boardrooms, 
um, these multi-purpose training areas that, you know, people are within six to 10 feet of the screen. So when we kind of had our initial conversation, I discussed that with Quinn at the time and said, Hey, this is what we're doing. This is what we'd like to do. This is kind of our roadmap moving forward. And we just started developing that relationship and I got to meet other people involved, uh, whether it was Adam Gilliland with the NPP product in general or Jim mm-hmm. Baskar. And we just got just kind of having conversations about what are we looking for? What are we, you know, what are the big selling points to our clients? Because we, you know, as a consultant, we're looking at them from a holistic perspective. So we're trying to make them better. We're trying to increase their bottom line in general. So we're looking at refining and making everything as smooth as possible. So whether that's print or managed print workflows so that we're not printing a ton or paperless workflows or AV that can solve a problem or be an investment. So we really leaned in and, and dove in on the investment side of what Dactronics does for all the R&D and how they do their test facility and their test lab and uh, all of that as well. So it kind of naturally just kept playing out to be, you know, we need to get people up there, whether it's clients to start with or technicians to start learning the best ways of putting things up on the wall. Sure. And then you then you came and visited our facilities. Did you come up by yourself or with a, with a group of people? And what was your reaction? We came up with a group of seven. We all piled in a Suburban and headed straight north from where we are. So oh, wow. I had some <laughs> friends in college in the area. So they grew up in Watertown. So it's kind of familiar-ish where it was. Okay. Um, we, yeah, well, I was kind of blown away. You know, you, you hear all about the size of the company and you assume that they've got to have a pretty big uh, site, but man, we, when we just pulled into the hotel, there was just Dactronics buildings as far as you could see. So we, <laughs> we pulled, I think right behind building two maybe is where we were staying. So okay. we immediately like, you know, sidetracked off and we're like, Oh man, we got to drive around and check this thing out, like pregame this thing. So we drove <laughs> around and looked at all the different buildings, but you know, we were just blown away by the, just the square footage that's involved in something like Dactronics. Yeah, we've heard that from customers that, you know, if they fly into Sioux Falls and drive up where they're like, they've never been to South Dakota before and it's just flatlands everywhere, then all of a sudden, boom, there's all these buildings and it's a, a corporation for for the for technology headquarters, right? And it's just like, whoa, this is out of, like you said, they knew that it was our headquarters and expected something big, but when you don't actually come and visit, it doesn't do justice. But. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so while you were here, did you, did you just come up and have a tour? Did you have some meetings, or, or did you do anything else while you were here? We kind of did all the things, I guess. We, you know, with Amanda, the service coordinator and director, uh, we mm-hmm. kind of set up some factory certified training for our technicians. So we brought six technicians up, and then myself. So I kind of did almost a working watch them kind of do that. And then I know Quinn and I had some different meetings set up as well to kind of discuss some other interesting portions of ImageNet's business that we're beginning to get into. So it was kind of an all, all in one type scenario there. Nice. And, and with your background in, in technology and whatnot, is there anything that you learned or anyone from your group learned specifically during your trip up here that kind of helps them out once you guys left? Yeah, I think just getting to see the reliability lab uh, that was the most interesting thing when we were just taking around the tour and each component piece by piece, getting to see how they're tested, why they're tested, what happens when they break, what they've done to mitigate, whether that's RF interference or electromagnetic interference, you know, which whatever we're looking at when we're talking about these huge displays, it's interesting that people don't really think about some of the technical side of things. They just see this 200 foot wide screen at some um, football stadium and they don't think it's just one giant 
piece of electromagnetic interference that that could cause issues or could have other things cause issues. So knowing that that's all, you know, kind of engineered from the ground up to be reliable is a big deal. And getting to see that in person, in practice, just see all the freeze machines and the heat machines and the sun machine, yeah. uh, all those things. And the panels running underwater, that's all pretty fascinating. So that, that side of it was pretty cool. But, you know, the, the factory training, that was really cool. We've had some relationships in the past where they kind of send a team out and, you know, you, you become certified after you do a wall or two maybe and, there's maybe they're there with other people from their company and they're training their people to kind of be certified on the wall. So this was a unique approach that kind of flipped it around uh, the other way where we just bring everybody in and it's very focused, very intentional, very best practice oriented. We had John uh, Heller, I think is his name that did our Mm -hmm. training and he did an awesome job and we had a, we had a blast. We don't take ourselves too seriously. So I think the main takeaway on the, Factory certified training was plumbing level, plumbing level, plumbing level. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So he, you know, we we just try to have fun with it, and we don't we don't fit the mold in terms of you know historical AV companies because we just come from a different side of the business. So that was a that was a really fun time. Amanda, I mean, she's just awesome too. So no, not enough shout outs for her in this. For sure. <laughs> yeah, you've been giving some good shout outs all the way through, yeah, dropping some names there. Good name drops. <laughs> um, so after seeing all this and, and visiting the facilities and everything, there's there's kind of a recent um, project that uh, we work together with on Texas. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so we have offices all over the South Central U.S. So we, ImageNet is headquartered in Oklahoma City still, uh, but we do have offices all over. So starting in Oklahoma, Texas, Colorado, Missouri, Florida. So we, you know, I was talking with Quinn and we just kind of had this opportunity pop up where they needed help from an integrator and we were, you know, establishing that relationship, starting to get a lot of quote traction there. So we looked at that project as something that it was literally hmm, five or 10 minutes maybe from our office there in Carrollton, Texas. So nice. part of the DFW Metro, but it all kind of paired up really well because there was just a display that was spec, you know, an architect RFP, but there's no content or audio video integration and so knowing the big dealer down there i'm not sure if we're allowed to say names or not um i think i may have already but (laughs) we uh we knew that they needed a way to communicate their message and we actually own our own cloud-based digital signage platform that kind of got us into the av space eight years ago so we thought it was a really unique opportunity to take what we liked about dactronics what we wanted to do moving forward in terms of led and merge it with our digital signage platform that is very robust, very deeply integrated into these interior signage solutions. So it was an interesting opportunity to bid that one. I was going to say, if it, uh, a car dealership and kind of maybe just paint, help paint a picture then for our listeners as to, you know, in indoor, it's a high res, narrow pixel pitch. Is this in the showroom or maybe just kind of let us know what was the uh, intent of this project and where was it located? Yeah. So this is, it's very interesting. Um, it's right on the Dallas North Tollway, so there's a lot of really high-class dealerships in the area and everything in Dallas right now. If the listener isn't necessarily experienced with Dallas, it is just over the top uh, everywhere. So everything is just to the max, and this car dealership is no different. as an Acura dealership, so ultra-modern fixtures, ultra-modern. I mean, huge, probably 20 to 25 foot of solid glazing on the front. So lots of sunlight in, lots of fancy light fixtures. And so this was a 1.9 millimeter 
full HD wall. So it's about 12 foot wide by seven foot high. Right as soon as you walk in the double doors, it's the first thing you see. It's kind of encased in a black quartz as well. So that was a very great example of how much the specs are different from what we've worked with in the past on that particular pixel pitch because Dactronics in the NPN line, even the 6200, they've got the same LEDs basically that you see maybe from everybody else in terms of power draw, but they're actually able to get 1,500 nits of brightness there, and it needed it. So it's it's right at enough in that space. But you know, if we were to go with any kind of alternative product, it would have really struggled in that highlight environment. And this is the showpiece form too, so mm-hmm. that was important. And that's what I was going to say with you talking about how much sunlight and mm-hmm. how many you know windows and everything is going on it. When the when the RFP came out, was it for LED technology? Or because I know in some of these instances, people may not think of LED, they're just doing an LCD wall or something. Was it was it geared towards LED route the get-go, or did you have to do any kind of convincing to say, hey, maybe you got to look at this instead? Yeah, it was actually specced Dactronics by a um, you know consultant somewhere that wrote the RFP, but okay. the, of course the construction company and the, the GC that, that runs that project, the estimator and all that, they have no idea what this means, so they, you know, they got in touch with Quinn who tied them into us, and we, you know, it took a few months, if I remember right, we kind of had to paint the picture similar to just a client that we work with in general because, you know, it's it's one thing to look at it on a bid quote and say this is what's specced in there. It's another thing to get the price on what an LED wall costs. Uh, even though pricing has come down, it's still a, a large investment. So there's a lot of back and forth just with me and the GC and the estimator on, you know, what is this product, the lifetime, what's the expectant, you know, Parts mm-hmm. availability down the road, that was a big, huge differentiator for Dactronics in that world was, you know, hey, if, if anything happens at the end of the day, they're going to keep stock on these parts, and we can call somebody in our own time zone just north of here, and they can get us the part. That's a big deal yeah. for this kind of, you know, high visibility space. Sure. And and you're talking about, it took a little bit of convincing. Is, is that kind of common with your types of projects to do some of that education of of the technology itself of like going to led technology. Yes, it's, it's essential. That's, that's most of what we do when we're getting into led, we try and, you know, generally figure out what clients are trying to do. And then we, if we know the conversation is going toward direct view led, we kind of have a plan with how we need to get ballparked up front as soon as possible so that we can even figure out if they're, you know, in the neighborhood because, it's like with anything, right? If you have to ask the price on it, most of the time, it's probably something that's a stretch or maybe you can't afford it anyway. So when we just mm-hmm. say, hey, this we're looking at X dollars here, is that possible for you guys? Is that okay with you guys? And we have a lot of LED in our showroom. So we, we typically get leadership positions, C-suite people in our offices and show them the technology first, give them a ballpark, and then we talk through the investment side. So that's where it's been a really great relationship to have Dactronics on board is we get to start that narrative from the beginning and, you know, ground up in, in South Dakota. We get to see all the reliability testing. You know, they've got a great product. They've got a great service network throughout the U.S., and they've got an amazing product that actually specs a lot higher than, than other products as well. So, you know, we, we like to spread it out over 10 years for them, and you can do that with about any LED just because of the lifetime, but with Dactronics, you truly can because we know the parts are going to be there. We know the calibration files are going to be there because they're seven hours north of us in South Dakota. There's, you know, everything 
kind of looks the same, looks really great. Years one and two is what we, you know, talked a lot about with Adam and Quinn in our initial meetings, but you know, how they age is a big deal. So when we talk Dactronics, we start with Dactronics now because we can easily guarantee that we can get that thing running and have it looking great all the way up through year 10 so that we can divide this investment that we're asking and say, Hey, you know, basically think about it as a long-term investment. This is a 10 year product minimum. So take the amount that you're going to look at this project and split that cost over 10 years. And it can kind of make more sense for your business in the long term rather than, especially nowadays, paying for all the extra labor to have guys maybe every few years come and rip things out or that projector's not bright enough or that projector needs to be moved or, or, mm-hmm. or whatever it looks like because you couldn't turn the lights off and the projector was too dim. <laughs> I was going to say that's got to be one of the big uh, like tools in your tool bay to use to try to avoid the you know sticker shock when you start telling someone how much this costs. Well, like you already said, it's over the course of 10 years, so there's a lot more hidden costs that can happen over those 10 years. So while it may seem high at first, I don't say it evens out, but eventually it's not as bad as you think it is because it will pay off like that. But. Different game, nits, nits versus lumens. So when we, when we talk to these clients, you know, we say it's a 7,000 lumen, or let's just say 10,000 lumen projector. By the time you do all the math and run all the numbers, the effective nits on that screen, if you're in a even normally ambient bright room, I mean, your effective nits in that room are 100, 150 nits. So, and it's reflected light. So thinking about the time span on the 20,000 hour life on most laser projectors, even that's again, 20,000 and a half brightness. So now you've got a 5,000 lumen projector after four or five years, and it maybe was barely enough the first few years, but then it starts falling off. So it's an interesting conversation for sure. Yeah, I remember I helped out in our Houses of Worship marketing group for a while, and I remember the big conversations was, you know, it was education of LED technology, but there was always that lumens versus nits. Like, yeah. make sure you're looking at it because they, they didn't know if there was a difference, and they're like, this projector is, the number's way higher than the LED one, and you always had to try and explain it's not the same unit of measurement, it's different, and, and different things like that. But So then we're thinking once we have this, uh, you're going and you're going to get this installed, maybe could you walk us through um, how smooth was the installation process at the, uh, at the car dealership in Texas? Sure, so I have to admit, you know, we sold our first wall and it's manufacturing, so there was some smeared time there. But as I was looking through all the videos with my guys, I was looking at the old way that Dactronics had done it with these things they called tubes. And you put this plywood up on the wall and you put these tubes in and, and we know it's a better product, right? So like, I'm trying to be patient. I'm like, wow, this seems really complicated. Like, this is going to take forever to get the screen up on the wall, even though, you know, guys could do those tubes really fast. It just wasn't what I was used to in terms of how to mount it on the wall. But then almost three quarters of the way through that manufacturing time, Quinn let me know they were going to go ahead and update our project to the speed frame, which is the new kind of backing for all the narrow pixel pitch walls. Mm-hmm. And, and that thing was a game changer. So it really, you know, went to more of a style like we're used to in terms of how we mount things on the back, plumbing level, plumbing level. Plumb yeah, right. So <laughs> we, uh, we got these speed frames in and, you know, we had, a typical wall that size, so we're talking 150, well, 165 inch diagonal. We'd normally put three guys for a full week on, maybe four guys for a full week, depending on, you know, the how the site is. And we put that same amount of time way back in the day because that's, you know, just that's how we were going to have to mount it. So we ended up with that speed frame and we had everything measured out. And we do a lot of LED, so uh, we're very familiar with the whole process and how to handle mods and all that. So 
we started took us a while to get our <laughs> our delivery doors opened up so we started on like a tuesday afternoon at one one or one thirty p.m and worked just normal hours and we kind of stuck around thursday morning just for fun to test some content on it but we were pretty much done by the end of the day oh, wow. so it only took us a day and a half to get that whole thing up in the speed frame you know we put that whole speed frame up and had it ready for the modules by the end of that first day so it only took three three and a half hours to get that whole speed frame up and nice and cinched up wow how's that compare to what you were saying before the the previous method not the speed the speed frame yeah just based on our estimations we didn't you know, we didn't ever do the tube method, but we did have some other uh, versions of LED that had kind of a similar method. Mm-hmm. It would normally take us, you know, that full week just to get everything ready and going and up on the wall. So we saved oh, more than half the time. We probably saved 60, 65% of the time with the speed frame because all that, all the plumbing and leveling is easier on the speed frame, especially with the digital level. We hadn't heard of a digital level before we did the FCT training and then they came in with this digital level and I was like, Whoa, then they're expensive. So <laughs> now I understand why I didn't hear of it, but yeah, to hear the beeping on the level and to have a, a full verification that this is 100% level, it doesn't matter if you're left or right eye dominant, it's going to be level. Uh, was an interesting, you know, the whole process kind of made our process efficient for how we did the LED. Yeah. It's awesome to hear that that new process saved you. sounds like a couple days just on a single project. So give you some extra time back. That's awesome to hear. Um, if, if you're going to give advice for somebody else that's looking for an led video wall, you said education is kind of a big part of what you do. What's like the, the biggest piece of advice you would give somebody who's looking at going to an led display versus those other technologies that we've talked about? Yeah, sure. That's a really good question. So we just look at the use case and the profile of the space is where we start. So if you're nickel and diming over like a boardroom, you know, we just need to understand why that's happening. So if you're a, let's call it $10 million company, you have one boardroom and all your meetings are in that space. Our conversation changes at that point. If you're talking about putting LED in all your middle conference rooms and you're a, you know, $1 million company, it's, it's just, it helps filter those things out pretty quickly. So we just try and put an idea of the importance of a space. Hey, what kind of people are coming in here using the space? What kind of impact are they having before they walk in that space? Are you trying to sell people in this space? Are you trying to impress people in this space? You know, what are you trying to do? Because oftentimes it's just not brought up. And we as a consultant company are constantly looking for the most optimized version of how to do the business. So if we see something like we had a boardroom here in the Tulsa area where they really felt like technology kind of hamstrung them when Tesla came calling. So, you know, that was a whole deal with Tesla and Austin, who was going to get Tesla. And sure. They really felt like we actually offered some better things, but you know, when they were doing all their meetings in this, in this room, they felt like their technology was so lackluster. It was like, well, you've got all this space, but you know, we have more technology down here or we're more in touch with technology down in Austin. So we use that a lot now as kind of a case study for, you know, going from a simple room with two 86 inch TVs to a, another room with led in it. So it's just a, it's just an education on almost 
how much do you value the space? And then we can talk about the lifespan of the product later as well. Sure. It sounds like you just, you need to know what your intent is for that area and, and know what you're coming into it with and, and you'll help them find the right solution for, for their situation. So, um, if somebody's out there and, and looking for that right solution, how could they uh, get in touch with you? Yeah, sure. So we have a great website up at www.imagenetconsulting.com. There's kind of an AV tab, but there's just a general 1-800 number. If you ask for Kyle Kempf or you ask for AV or displays, any of those things will kind of point them our direction. We have a great staff of help desk people that serve the whole company in general. And then we have that, or you can email me at kkempf at imagenet.com and we can talk that way, but we do have an online form. If you click on AV solutions, you'll see that we can engage in that way, almost the same way that I engaged Tactronics to begin with. Sure. And we'll get that information in the show notes to make it easier for the listeners to, to get in contact with you. But um, Kyle, I want to thank you for coming on today and sharing yeah. your experiences and what it was like to visit Dactronics and, and everything that you've got going on with the car dealerships and everything about ImageNet. Yeah, thanks for having me. I just, it's been a been a kind of a shorter journey than it felt like but it's been awesome just all the support all the product managers all the access to all the resources that dactronics has to offer with all their experience it's been a really refreshing relationship for us at imagenet so i'm just glad that we could offer maybe a little bit of insight on the product and how it's gone for us awesome refreshing is always good to hear yeah it is (laughs) (laughs) thanks kyle thanks kyle thank you for listening to this episode of the dactronics experience podcast Please subscribe at your favorite place to listen to podcasts to keep up with our latest episodes.